What's up, everybody? Jay Miller here, back with a solo pit reflection type thing for the first half of June 2020. This year has sucked royally. I don't even want to get into this. Um, all of the the individual things that have happened in 2020 have just been nightmarish at best. So this is going to be more of a productivity side thought exercise for me. And I hope that it will engage your mind a little bit as we sit down and talk. That said, it is going to be a little bit off the head. I have some notes and I'll use those notes, but ultimately I'm just using them to riff off of. So let's start with a couple of things. First of all, productivity in general. What am I doing productivity wise? Um, if you would have asked me this question yesterday, I would have told you something different. I am jumping back to the notebook. I, I, I go on to the notebook like probably once a year. I'm going to try to do a full year. Don't at me. Don't challenge me. Don't do any of those things. The way that I see it, productivity tools, productivity apps, productivity, all of those things should be used for you to do your best work. None of these tools should be considered a Bible or any type of gospel for you to preach or proselytize on others. In fact, I'm not using this podcast to preach or proselytize my own productivity method. I am merely telling people how I am doing a thing in hopes that if someone else that is doing something similar hears it, that I might be able to inspire them to try something that works for them or for them to reach out to me and let me know of something that did work for them without any obligation to join the Church of Notion or Rome Research or Obsidian or all these other apps. That said, let's jump into this. What apps am I using? Like I said, up until today, when I said, you know what, we need to get back on our, our analog life, our Bujo-esque system, I would have said I was using OmniFocus. Um, I think for right now, I don't really have too much stuff in OmniFocus that will make it hard to transition. I wasn't really using OmniFocus as the power tool that most people use it as. Um, it was simply a way for me to defer things so that I didn't have to look at them. Good thing is a notebook and a piece of paper kind of does the same thing. I just don't need to look at it. Now, one of the biggest apps that I have jumped on, uh, probably the biggest change in my workflow since leaving Evernote uh, back in 2000 and, what, 10? Yeah, I think 2010 was when I left Evernote. Or not, didn't leave it like the company. I stopped using the application. 
uh, is the adoption of Devon Think. Now, Devon Think is one of these tools that I think that a lot of people are intimidated by. One, it's an expensive tool. I get that. Yeah, it's expensive. Oh boy, it's expensive. It's like fountain pen money expensive. The thing I like about Devon Think is I don't have to question where I put a thing. I, I deal with a lot of files um, between the day job, the side business, and the other ambitions and inspirations that I have. So for me, it is important that when I'm looking for a thing, I can find it with relative ease. Devon Think allows me to do that. It does its job really well. And the thing that makes it different from, you know, another power tool that I use, Drafts, or Evernote, or again, like a Notion or Roam research kind of tool is that, well, one, it beats all the cloud tools because it's designed to work with my local machine. So adding some order to my chaotic system. The other thing that it does is it makes some connections and allows me to easily connect things that should be connected. And it allows me to look at different things from many different schools of thought, which isn't always the best way to do things, but when you need to, it is amazing. So again, I'm not going to go into too much detail about this. If you've been looking at Devon Think, you know all the stuff that I could talk about with it. Um, if you aren't looking into Devon Think, Unless you just genuinely have a problem with maintaining lots and lots of files and documents and things like that over a long period of time, or you're just fed up with Evernote as a whole and its inability to um, not move like a giant green elephant in a China shop, you know, then, I mean, yeah, give it a try. There's a free trial. Give it a shot. I mean, if you really want to talk about it, they have a forum, they have... Um, a lot of people that are, again, much more avid users, shout out to the nested folders podcast. They did a great, uh, two show series on how they both use, um, <laughs> they both use Devon think in their own systems. One, uh, uses it more of a file cabinet. The other one, more of a, uh, thought companion, but there's an app that I wanted to talk about a little bit from the business side. And this is an app that I haven't used a ton, but I've used it. And when I have used it, it has had a really good effect. Um, I used to do uh, business meetings. Anytime I, anytime I was doing like a client consultation, I would use something like Notion. Um, I'm a firm believer in the idea of Shared notes are better when you're able to collaborate on them. The one problem that I had with Notion initially was that, you know, you got to set up an account, you got to give them access. They can watch you do stuff and that's cool. 
But ultimately, it doesn't feel as inviting for someone that's not a part of your team to come in and start working with you. And there was also like the pricing question and things like that. Um, But for the last couple of consultations that I've had, I have used a tool called Miro, M-I-R-O. This is an interesting little tool. It is basically a collaborative whiteboard and it's designed to be a collaborative whiteboard. One of the things I like about it is that it also gives you a section for your notes. It allows you to attach things. It allows you to collect a bunch of stuff under one umbrella. Uh, I mean, imagine having a giant whiteboard and being able to just have everybody writing on it and asking questions and commenting and and doing things like that. I I really like it, um, especially for like a consultation type thing. I haven't used it at the premium level where they have stuff like uh, voice and video chat and stuff like that. I mean, I just use Zoom <laughs> or uh, I think in my last consultation call, I like I think I, we just use FaceTime. And then, uh, you know, as we were talking, you know, we're both adding stuff into it. So that I mean, that's cool by itself. But yeah, I mean, again, I'm just this isn't an attempt to get people to try stuff. It's more of a like, hey, here's something that if you haven't heard about it and it's something that it suits you, then sure, why not take a crack at it? It's not going to be life changing for someone unless it is the exact thing that they're looking for. So we've talked a little bit about the productivity side of things. Let's jump into the projects. Uh, nothing's really changed much on the project side of life. I mean, it is, it's still basically render engine and transcriptor for me. Uh, I do believe the last time we had a conversation like this, transcriptor was still just a Django app. Now it is no longer a Django app. It is a Python package. I think that's that's the best way to put it. At the end of the day, I realized that I don't want to build a SaaS app. I know that there are a bunch of people out there that are like, oh yeah, SaaS applications, that's passive income and smart revenue. And there's a whole conversation to have about that, but that is not me. What I enjoy doing more than anything is helping people directly by me providing a service to them. Now, I know that's not scalable. I understand that. I don't care. Um, there's a, a excellent book that I've been reading on and off, you know, for the last, who knows how long called company of one by Paul Jarvis. Uh, I think that there is an amazing idea and an amazing benefit to imposing a limit of scalability on yourself and on your company. And, and here's, here's what I mean. If I use pit transcriptor as, you know, well, pit transcriptor, the Django app, it's, it's a great tool that allows anybody to sign up for an account and start doing transcriptions. And ultimately, I'm eating the cost, which means I'm having to charge people memberships, which means I am now in the business of customer service. I'm in the business of tech support. And I am in the business of having to explain to people why Amazon Transcribe does some of the things that it does because of how it does it. And there are a lot of different things that Amazon Transcribe, uh, Google Cloud Platform, or Google Cloud Services, and Microsoft Azure, all of these services do certain things because they have to in order to scale 
at the level that they want to scale. But what's the alternative here? I could build a system that allows me personally to do transcriptions at a rate that I can afford and that I can maintain. And by providing it as a Python package, there is a level of support that I'm willing to give. But a lot of that is I can now define the scope of the application, of, of the, the package that I'm supporting. If I decide that the transcriptor package is only going to support AWS transcribe, then okay, I have the ability to do that. If I decide that transcriptor is not going to support custom vocabulary, I can do that. If I, and this is, these are all things that I have chosen to do. If I decide that Transcriptor is only going to focus on the resulted output of a transcription job and not the actual processing of the job itself, I can do that. And by doing that, I narrow the scope that I am responsible for. To my clients, I'm only responsible for the actual job that they're paying me to do. They're not paying me to maintain a Python package. They're maintaining me to, or they're paying me to provide them with a transcription. And the developers that are using the tool that I have built are, I mean, they're not paying me at all, but they're relying on me to provide a level of knowledge and service about the platform or about the system that I have created. All while, while having the ability to take it and make it their own because it is an open source pack. Same thing with render engine. Render engine by default as a static site generator is designed to be very flexible but because I'm not selling static sites as a service, I'm only providing a system for generating sites. That is a level of insight that I don't have to provide. I don't have to teach people proper SEO. I don't have to teach people proper CDN usage and compression of images and things like that. My system does not care about these things does not benefit them anyway. The only way that we were able to integrate like a search capability, like for those that don't know, one of the big achievements that we had this year for Render Engine is the integration in with uh, Fuse.js, which is a static site search um, that's all done on the client side. Basically, you supply a JavaScript package with a JSON output and you can search that file for content. Now, there are probably better ways to do it. I'm sure you could offload that to another service, but my assumption is if you're building static sites, you 
have a certain thought about offloading stuff to a third party service. Um, but you know, part of my thought pattern was, do I want to support lunar, you know, the, another static site search engine? Do I want to support, um, elastic search and do I want to support, you know, Algora or Al, is that, what is it? Yeah. Algora. It's either Algora or Algoria, something like that. I think it's Algora. And because I wasn't saying, Hey everybody, here's a platform that, you know, you give me $10 a month and I host your static site, you know, feed. And there's nothing wrong with people that are doing that, you know, shout out to the whole micro dot blog service and Manton Reese and uh, Gene McDonald and the other people that are a part of making that a reality. Um, that's just not me. That's just not what I'm aiming to do. Uh, I would much rather make sure that the stuff that I'm doing is compatible with what they're doing. And they have really made that easy. So again, big shout out to them. So I guess in this rambling, that is kind of my big takeaway in this whole conversation is there's something to say about the idea of controlling the scope of your projects. And that is something that I am learning more and more of as I get older and as I want to do more things while having more responsibilities is I have to be able to control the scope of what I'm doing. So the, the big pit question for you that I want to hear about, whether it's on Twitter or whether you want to email me at uh, info at productivityintech.com is how are you controlling the scope of the things that you're doing? And furthermore, what can you do in order to begin controlling the scope of some things that might have gotten out of control? I'm going to leave it there because the last, you know, five minutes or so of this little podcast thing is going to be devoted to a little bit of uh, administration work here. So I've been thinking more and more about Pit as a community, as a group of people. More and more during this time with uh, racial injustice and, and things like that happening, have I not been more proud of the black community that I've been a part of, you know, obviously from birth, um, but also the vocal community and the amount of allyship that I have around me. And that has made me want to value the people within that community more and more. Now, I'm still not sure how that involves Pitt, but what I have learned is that I want to be able to support the things and the people that are doing amazing things more and more. And by doing that, I have to have the support of the community. So here is 
my thought. I would be willing to have more conversations like this on a regular basis if there were some form of feedback. One, there has to be feedback on it. I don't I don't mind shouting into the ether, but the actual time it takes to edit and record this, and I mean, even the editing isn't much, but I cough a lot. I'm an asthmatic. I'm a chronic asthmatic. Uh, there's a lot of coughing that's involved that a lot of people sometimes hear and then sometimes don't hear, depending on my mood. One, there's got to be feedback in the term, in in actual like conversation. I'm only sharing this stuff with you because I want to start a conversation. If there's no desire for a conversation to be had, then I have no reason to continue speaking about it. The other side is it has to make sense from a time value perspective. As some may notice, I have upped the transparency of me searching for, um, I don't even want to say a job, but searching for a way to provide for my family. Now I have a job. I'm not worried about getting fired today, at least. And Pitt is still growing. I mean, last year was the best year for Pitt, which I mean, luckily the company's only two years old. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can continue moving in a positive direction. But the time that it takes to record this, I'm currently sitting at 22 minutes, 39 seconds. I think on the actual recording, it's like 22 minutes, five seconds, something like that. But I was working on a transcription before I started doing this. And I said, you know what? I really need to get that thing done. So if I'm going to do more things like that, I need to make sure that I'm not taking away time from my family without it making sense from a, from a value perspective. So what does that mean? Does that mean there's going to be a Patreon? No. Does that mean there's going to be a member full or something like that? No. I don't know what it means at the moment. What I'm looking for is one person. I'm looking for a couple things. I'm looking for two people to listen to this and tell me that they heard it, they enjoyed it. Or they heard it and they didn't enjoy it and here's why. Or they heard it and I'm an idiot or whatever. The other thing I want to hear is someone say, I have heard this, I appreciate it, it brought me value, and I want to in some way, shape, or form compensate you for the value that you've put out. Now, if you feel like you can't afford that, by all means, I understand. I'm not even saying that you have to feel obligated to give me money. I am saying that if this truly brings value to you and you feel like you would be willing to do something to ensure that this value continued to happen, I need to know 
because otherwise all I'm doing is wasting my time and my energy putting something out there that no one's listening to. Now, the Pit Podcast as a whole, the interviews, they will still happen because I enjoy I enjoy the conversations. At the present time, I have five, six interviews scheduled in like the next month. I can stretch those out for the remainder of the year, and that will be the entire Pit season. Or... I can release them on a bi-weekly, maybe even weekly basis like we used to back in the good old days. But I'm not going to do that at the stake of my sanity, knowing that it's not going to make an impact in anyone's life, or knowing that the people who are consuming it are just using it as background noise. I cannot do that. So here, here's the, the promise that I'm making. Today, as I'm recording this, and this will be released, it is June 10th. If by June 20th, we have one pledge to somehow pay for this service, you know, pay for this podcast, not even not even monetarily. Maybe it's just in terms of like, hey, I promise if you put an episode out, I will retweet it and I will reply with a comment. I am okay with that being the the currency. I would I'd love your money, but if you don't have it, I understand. Some of us just don't have it. And if I have two people that can just say, "Hey, you know what? I really enjoyed the conversation. I really enjoyed the thought piece. This is what I did like. This is what I didn't like. Maybe a little too much preaching at the end." Whatever it is. 10 days. I will talk about this every single day. I will tweet it out every single day. I will give it my full. I'll do a transcription for it. I will do everything possible to make sure that people hear this. And if, again, two people tell me, give me some feedback, one person pledges some type of either money or effort in terms of a currency then I will continue to do this and I will pledge to release the episodes that I'm recording at a bi-weekly basis starting out. If we get more than that and I feel like I can truly start doing this on a weekly basis, then by all means, that's awesome. But if not, I have to think about the effort that I'm putting in and I have to think about the time that it's taking away from my family and things like that. I have no problem with it. My family has no problem with it, but ultimately we, and by we, I mean me, I want to share this content with you, but I don't want it to fall on deaf ears and I don't want it to just be background noise for someone's commute. I want it to be something that they take in and that they value. So that's my pledge to you. Like I said, two pieces of feedback, one pledge. If you can make that happen, then the podcast interviews will go on a bi-weekly schedule, and I will probably supplement the interviews with more thoughts like this, just less preachiness on the back end. But that's going to do it for this week. I have been your um, speaker, <laughs> your host, Jay Miller. If you want to reach out to me, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can A, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at KJY Miller. Uh, B, you can email me at info at productivityintech.com. 
or C, you can go to my website, kjaymiller.com. There might be a contact button there. There might not be. No, actually. No, you can't really do that when there's no contact button. I'm also at micro.blog at kjaymiller if you use micro.blog instead of Twitter. But if you want to be invited into our private Slack channel, I'll vet you. But if I like if I like the cut of your jib, then sure, we'll bring you in. Um, once we have enough people, we'll start an open conversation about how we can make this work financially. Uh, I'm open to doing more things like this, whether they're a live stream, whether we're having like voice call conversation stuff or whatever. Um, but more than anything, I just want to make sure that people are hearing this and that people are getting something out of it. But that's going to do it for this time. I'm Jay Miller. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you to Nadir Mawale for the use of his music, A Hustler, in spite of myself, for the intro and outro music. And, of course, I hope for the last 29 minutes and 5 seconds that we have been productive. Thank you so much. I will talk to you next time. Thank you.